At KeyBank, we understand what you need to run a middle market company. We bring a team of strategists and problem solvers to design and deliver solutions critical to your business's success. KeyBank offers industry expertise, investment banking and capital markets, payment automation, loans and lines of credit, plus equipment financing. Connect with your local KeyBank team. Learn more at key.com slash commercial. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. All right, so welcome. Welcome. Uh, this is going to be a very fun podcast. I'm your host, Jeff J. Hunter, and I have with me Brian Wallace and also Eric Huberman. Uh, we're going to talk about something very exciting, very scary, which is the future of work and how artificial intelligence comes into play. It's been very difficult to ignore. And quite frankly, I think we're past the point of, well, it's not going to be mainstream because now every single app is integrating AI. So you won't be able to escape from it. And I'd like to shoot over to Eric, who I know you have uh, grown a, a pretty large company that serves agencies and you are an agency. Uh, how does AI fit into what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, this is, I had a discussion eight years ago on what's going to disrupt the agency business. And at the time, a bunch of people were pontificating on freelancers and these companies that like help find freelancers. And I was like, that's not how it's going to work, because if you've ever run a team of 15 freelancers, you know the nightmare that no business wants to deal with. So uh-huh. I was never worried about that. But AI has been obviously on its way. Uh, so I started reading you know, Ray Kurzweil and uh, a lot of the sort of thought leaders in that space began give it about eight years ago and building our own systems around it. And it, you know, really what it is is access to enough data in a proprietary way that can educate once we have computers that can compute uh, at the level that requi- is required for AI, which we're about there. And literally the timeline was 2023 is when computers would uh, hit it. That's what Ray Kurzweil predicted. So mm-hmm. here we are, and ChatGPT launches at the, actually the end of 22, or ChatGPT 3. And uh, you know now we're at a place where you know it's still not true AI, it's not artificial intelligence, but it's really interesting the computing power that's happening there and how that can, when given enough information, can distill it so much faster than a human can. And so uh, what I think is I think it's going to create a lot of efficiencies with people. I think like for us, how we've built it now is we have this sort of automated marketing strategy where we can uh, look at a company's marketing data in real time and dissect based on the market how it's shifting and where they're missing and where the opportunities are for that company to do better. Again, based on market factors. If you look at your own historical data, it just tells you how things were going last year. That's really misleading. So actually looking at where the market is now and where you are now is what we've started to look at. And so that's how we're using it in terms of like how it affects the workplace. Uh, I'm actually more of an optimist in that sense. Like everybody loves to make these claims like that's it. It's the end of truck drivers because <laughs> yeah, right. of automated yeah. driving or it's the end. It's like human adoption is so slow and things transition so slowly that it's very rare that an innovation like this actually just displaces an economy. Like over time, does Blockbuster go out of business and make room for Netflix? Yeah, but I don't think that it actually will end up being some dystopian future where we're mad maxing it because AI came to be. Yeah, I think, you know, the first the first two industries that are going to have to change and adapt or be replaced will definitely be social media content managers 
and copywriters because that's the easiest effective way to use copy uh, for most of the like for open AI. Um, it's what's been really interesting is last year in 2022, depending on when you're listening to the show, uh, people were like, oh, it can't even come close to the copywriting abilities, things like that. Yeah. And ever since the latest updates of yeah. open AI, now you can actually train your open AI to write in a certain style. And I actually yeah. challenged somebody who was hiring a copywriter on LinkedIn, by the way. Yeah. And one of my students, I have a little open AI course mm. on how yeah. to get it to, to, to write like you. Yeah. And I would consider myself a very talented copywriter. You know, I've gone viral so many times. I know you've done a lot of things like that too. So I was able to train my, I would give my own open AI copywriter like a 7.5 or 8 out of 10. Yeah. Compared right. to me. Absolutely. But here's the crazy part. 7.5 or 8 of me is still better than 90% of the marketers that I know. <laughs> easily. Right? Yeah. And if you can easily train, mm -hmm. here's, here's the thing that's really mind-blowing is that you can easily copy and paste my prompts into any person's open AI chat. And within five minutes, you will have a copywriter that's at least 75% as good as me. Yeah, and the thing is with that, you still need someone to hopefully get it to 100%, that's part of the point, as yeah. well as someone needs to moderate, edit it, set up open AI, like it creates a new task. Maybe yeah. the task changed, but it doesn't displace that worker. Now, does it make them more efficient? Yes, but here's the unforeseen consequence or maybe foreseen consequences. If it becomes that easy to create content, then the differentiator from content becomes worthless. Yeah. If everybody is just publishing billions of articles that yep. ChatGPT created, then no one's going to give a shit. We already have that problem. There's already we a do. lack it's, of... Yeah. We're mediocre raising the bar, so right. everyone makes garbage that has yep. sameness. And, and it all has a fingerprint. Yes. yes. And that's the dangerous thing. Yeah, and well, nobody reads it anymore. It's all headline-driven because nobody right. reads content. Everyone's just taking a screenshot. Look at what I said yeah. to my ChatGPT robot buddy today. And, well, yeah. and even mm -hmm. I'm saying even prior to ChatGPT, right. there's so much dumped content out there, all the contributing articles on all these all publications. Right. We all know that story that it's like it, PR doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like these, the, the, it's and it's going to be another shift like that. Again, I don't think it ends up with like, the entire marketing industry is left, you know, turned on its head because mm -hmm. we don't need copywriters. Right. I think it's just like well, the jobs are going to change and the the uh, value of that content is going to change and mm -hmm. probably for the worse in that sense. So something that bothers me a lot, and boy, that's kind of a long dialogue to come after yeah. on that. So I'm going <laughs> to let me get my spider sense. Come on, right. All right. So um, running a content marketing agency, we get to be the trivial pursuit of all the world's knowledge. Mm. And I find, well, you guys do the same thing. That's not a, a, a brag or a boast, but rather it's not our first day in the AI game representing yeah. looking under the hood, under NDA for stuff for at least half a decade, probably more. So we've gotten to see a lot of that stuff and how it all works. One of the things that bothers me that people don't talk about, aside from all this headline getting look at what I got my robot toy to say today, is the field or the subfield of artificial, artificial intelligence. Yeah. Which is not me having a stroke or repeating myself, but it is specifically the humans training the robots to do what we want. Sort mm. of like what you said, Jeff. Yep. But this goes back a couple hundred years. This mm. goes back all the way to the human mechanical Turk. I don't mean the Amazon Web Services thing. That's different. <laughs> That's Jeff Bezos snooping around at all or micro work or something like that. 
But once upon a time, there was a guy in a barrel and on top of it, there was a chess set and everybody's like, wow, it all works by itself, but it's still the guy in the barrel. Right. Once upon a time, if we looked at Google and you went to Google image search, Google image search had some of the underpinnings of the AI industry yep. with image labeling. Mm. So for those of you who yep. don't really understand how this works, I know you guys know, but just for everybody who's listening, maybe they don't know all of it. So back in the day, when this was in beta, you were an unwitting participant in AI, teaching the AI how to AI. So it would pair knowledge. So let's say Jeff was in Singapore and I was in Cincinnati and we didn't know each other. And we both saw a picture of somebody enjoying a beautiful day on the beach in Miami, you know, not Bitcoin Miami, but like awesome, you know, beach Miami. And there's a seagull in the sky and there's waves crashing down and there's beach ball floating around and there's people having a party on the beach and whatever's going on. Whatever knowledge that the two of us say to describe the scene, because AI doesn't actually know anything and people forget that, because we're not talking about AGI, artificial general intelligence, which is the scary stuff in the Skynet that we could get into uh, later. Yeah. But training the machine is everything. And that's how AI knows things, by making matched pairs of knowledge. And... I'm not going to be all pessimistic on this podcast or in general. I'm a generally optimistic guy, but I'm also a realist. We have to also remember that we're feeding all the chat GBTs of the world the world's knowledge. Yeah. You ever been on the internet for five yeah, minutes? I mean, exactly. we talked about yeah. crap content that the market is doing, but damn, <laughs> There's everybody's TikToks and whatever. And it's crazy. It's crazy because I kind of know where you're going with this. And it's, yeah. it's very interesting because <clears throat> if I look back at the last couple of years, mm. how many conspiracy theories have come true? <laughs> right. And like one of the most ridiculous conspiracy theories that in my mind I'm saying, please don't be true, please don't be true, is that this is their data collection model. Like, you're, right. all of us are just oh, that's exactly. chat GPT. That's not a conspiracy theory. Oh. They've said it blatantly. Like, yeah, there, I mean, that, that, there's no conspiracy theory. They burn theory. five to ten million dollars a day. What do you think they're doing with it? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's, that's exactly you're what's You're signing happening. your data over. Right. And that's that's actually why we haven't partnered our tools with ChatGPT is because we, yeah, we right. know that they're going to just take that data, which is our what's proprietary to us. So. And then who even owns it, right? Right. Why would you give that away? Why no, do you sign yeah, away? Right. People don't read a EULA. No, huh? and that's totally true. Right. Um, and yeah, it's going to be, and that being said, it's what what will happen because of that. Like, I don't know that having, like, I'm, I'm not a privacy proponent. I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm actually kind of the opposite. I'm like, I'm not that hiding anything. I don't really care. Mm. And unless we end up with a really bad actor with that situation, like if ChatGPT decides to be nefarious or our government decides to be nefarious, that's different. But like, I don't right. really have that much to hide that I'm usually not that worried about sharing my data. But in that's not just you. You have to be worried about the global implications of something like that. Well, and so in that situation, I am worried about like what TikTok has been doing with China. Definitely. Like that, that, that's where yes. it fits in. But the idea, let's talk, let's let's talk about it. that. What is China doing with, with TikTok? What is China? I mean, the rumors say that they're taking mm. all the data from TikTok in the U.S. and they're able to literally track individuals and what they're doing. They're uh, recording things that have nothing to do with you have the app open. They are feeding content to people to dumb down our society. These are all rumors. This is where it's maybe conspiracy theory, but okay, there's but probably some literally, validity to it. If you work for the government, you literally can't have it on your phone. Correct. Right? So, so there's something how much there. rumor is right. there? Exactly. That's a pretty big employer. And our discussion here is that is ChatGPT doing the exact same thing by taking all of our prompt data and who owns it? Yeah, it's... And I do think it's... <laughs> but, no, but to further that question, though, right? And but I guess we're picking on you because your company has .ai on it. Sure. Yeah. But who, so I am a content creator that doesn't bother to read. And I'm like, oh, let me just throw all my copywriters out. 
I'm going to just teach it how to do it. I'm going to train it to just yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And then I pump stuff out and maybe I tweak it a little bit, but who do you actually own it? And here's, and the, why here's, here's the thing. I mean, there, yeah. there's a dilemma there and I agree. And I think that it also comes back to the creativity point. And also this is another reason why I hundred percent agree with Eric, what he said earlier, which is mm. we're reaching this point to where like what you said, Brian, yeah. which is, the bar has been raised because now people that don't even speak good English can produce great English content. And that part is fabulous. That part's great yes. for the world, right? right? Especially for me, because I have a virtual assistant company in the Philippines, like right. the language barriers eradicated. Right. And yeah. I have to admit two years ago, cause I've seen where the AI was going. Mm. I was really worried. I was like, you know what? They're not even gonna need Filipino VAs right. because open AI is gonna be smart. But then I started realizing that the AI is actually creating more work. Yeah. Right. Right. Correct. So like so, something has to be done with all this content. Something has to be done and, and not to mention it has to be checked. Um, and well, it's also pulling from historic information, meaning there's no there's no ingenuity. There's no innovation coming out of right. ChatGPT's content. It's taking a bunch of existing content. I don't think it does it as much as it gets the headlines. No. Were you, I mean, are you excited about Siri anymore? Siri is artificial intelligence yeah, right. where it just looks up stuff on the internet for you and can apps. Yeah. There's yeah. some logic, like legal argument, like it's what's real. The way I was introduced to it was a VC friend of mine actually here in Austin, oh, cool. uh, right when it came out. He's like, have you checked that out yet? I'm like, I've seen the headlines. I haven't really played with it. He's like, I'm basically asking my lawyer questions and then asking chat GPT and <laughs> And it's like, when it's a rational argument situation, mm -hmm. I, I decided the first thing, and I think you'll appreciate this, the first thing that I challenge it with is how do we solve the conflict in the Middle East? Mm. Let's just go like, and I kept prompting, 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 trying to get down to, and it was very rational how it came up. So when you're talking about something like that, a legal argument that it's really interesting. When you get into creativity, I think mm. it's gonna take a while. Now maybe ChatGPT4 and as it expands, the you know, nuance is obviously our inability to rationalize something. When we talk about quote nuance, at some point maybe it'll have enough data and nuance that it can actually create, you know, be very creative. But most of this AI generative creation to me is it's just pulling pieces of things that already exist. But you're you're already crossing into another field. If you're gonna say nuance, you're basically on the border of getting into the sentience topic. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So then generative and AGI are completely different they worlds. Now, now here's yeah. the other thing too, and this is a valuable nugget for, for everyone listening. It's actually an advantage right now. If, if you're in an industry that has a lot of knowledge um, and you have knowledge that's not online yet, mm -hmm. right? Because obviously it's absorbing everything it sees online. So I have a friend, a client of mine, Baldeep, and he runs, uh, he shows tax strategists, CPAs, professionals, how to create a different type of tax structure. And it's very fresh and new. You're not going to find it online anywhere. And he told me, well, ChatGPT sucks because it doesn't know anything about my industry. And I was right. like, actually, mm. you can train your open AI. You can train your ChatGPT about your business, and now you have a custom ChatGPT bot that no one else can have because it doesn't have that information. Then it goes back to what we said earlier. Well, now you just fed ChatGPT. Correct. You just gave it your business model. What do they say? What do they send you? A fruit basket? Well, that's the thing. And now, I, now I go to ChatGPT and ask tax advice, and it rips off all his tax advice. Right. And supposedly <laughs> that doesn't happen now, but that's now. Yeah. Right. So. All right, let's get into let's get into a little bit of fun. Okay, I want to be actionable. Let's give some steps on how you guys are using AI in your business mm -hmm. and how the general public could actually use AI to better themselves and not worry too much about you know getting everything stolen. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it comes to this, like where AI in general is, and especially open AI, is you need to feed it a lot of data and you, it can help you make rational insight, find rational insights a lot quicker. So instead of having to dive through, you know, Excel spreadsheets and da da da, you can feed all that information into it and then go, what's the result here? What should I be looking at? And that's how we're using it. It's like, again, we spend, let's say days digging through marketing data to go, this is the strategy we need to do moving forward. Now we can get that insight done literally instantly and just move into strategy versus like getting gathering the insights so that we can start to develop it. That can happen in moments and then move right into strategy. What about you, Brian? What's the best way to use it? Well, since we seem to be a giant chat GBT commercial, let's stop using that phrase for just a second and talk about something else. Let's just look at running a business, whether we're talking about marketing, social, and really any kind of business. I have a certain philosophy when sometimes I'm kind of sitting in a corner and visioneering and thinking about R&D and thinking about the future and thinking about leading the team. I really kind of think about it in different stages. If we're doing something, sometimes you just do stuff and you've been doing it so long, so this is year 17 for us, that people are just used to doing things. So sometimes we just sit around and it's like, do we really even need to do this anymore, right? So sometimes you can just stop doing things because it, you don't get like a little gold star for doing some internal process that doesn't count or doesn't make money or doesn't innovate and it doesn't, it just is busy work, right? So the first thing is to get rid of stuff that nobody needs to do. The second filter in the funnel is, what is it that all the robots or automation or AI, and all of that is sort of a ring of information anyway. That's sort of the same thing. So it doesn't have to be generative AI. If you have programs interacting with other programs that are doing things for you, you're kind of doing some level of artificial intelligence. Mm. So we look to see, well, what are things that can be automated that will work flawlessly or can be trained, kind of like what we're saying, and then the higher brain function stuff is where all the creatives and all the marketers yes. and all of the knowledge experts are going to live. So just like you said at the beginning, Jeff, everybody who's worried about this ruining their jobs, we're going to have a maze of different stuff, right? All economists said that AI and robotics are going to knock out 70% yeah. of the jobs, go to a McDonald's or something, right? Yeah. Like people are like, well, invent, make the minimum wage harder, hold my beer. Yeah. Welcome to the kiosk world, right? Yeah. Like I came back from a trip abroad and like every grocery store by me had like one lane and everything was like, just check yourself out kind of stuff. It's craziness. Yeah. Yep. And All right. on that note though, we haven't seen a problem in the labor market because of that. Like did Correct. McDonald's get rid of jobs? Yeah. But did, were there other jobs created that opened up? So what's interesting is through AI, mm -hmm. through automation, back to like the, the crux of the conversation, it actually ends up creating, getting, you just said it, it gets the lower brain function stuff off people's plates so they can focus on higher brain function. Um, and I think it actually, there, there's a utopian side of this that can be really fun where it's like, oh, we don't have to have someone that on the robotic side scrubs toilets anymore because a robot can do that. Yeah. We don't have to have someone taking your order at McDonald's because a robot can do that. Yeah. So those people can go get jobs doing something else and it actually can expand our economy, which what we've seen, and there's a great book about this called uh, Abundance by uh, Peter Diamantes. Mm. It's like, there's actually plenty of resources in the world to support us. If we can actually alleviate some of the work needed to create those resources, we can end up in a much better society. There is a utopian side to this that I actually think All isn't that long. distant either. Right, I yeah, agree. Let me just throw a, a quick terminology that everybody might not be familiar with because it's a little far afield for this conversation. But we have this thing called the industrial revolution that changed yep. the world and made America all exciting and everything. Mm -hmm. But that's long and gone, especially with AI coming for all of right. these menial jobs. We've got industry 4.0, that's already here, already coming with all sorts of buzzwords like digital twin and all that, that this is 
largely a part of other kinds of conversations that get into things like industrial manufacturing and mm -hmm. some of the not as sexy things that run the world. Right. So yeah. I'm excited about where you can really retrain humanity to your point, yeah. Yeah. Eric. Yeah. And another, another useful thing that I've learned is that you can actually go back to things that you wish you should have done, didn't have time to do. Yep. So I have a Facebook group that has like 5,000 people in it. And yep. one of the questions, I have it so that they ask three questions when you join the Facebook group. And first one's like, how did you hear about us? The second one is, what's your email address? I'm going to send you some stuff. Yeah. Right. And the third one is like, what are you looking forward to learning mm -hmm. in yep. the group? And I actually copied and pasted that stuff into an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, or I, so I basically copied all of it and I told ChatGPT, I said, hey, here's a list of reasons why people join the Facebook group. And I said, could you please summarize this? And it went through all 5,000 of those and it said, okay, here's the top 10 reasons why. And when I looked at it, it was really interesting because it summarized it. It yep. didn't say like, you know, 10 people said this and 12 people said this. It was like, well, most of the people want to join the group because they want to learn, learn about how to scale their business or whatever. Right. The other, these ones wanted to learn more about virtual assistants. These ones wanted to do whatever. So I think that it's a great opportunity for us to do the things that first off, I ain't got time to go through a spreadsheet and right. document 5,000 people and see what they want. Well, so, that's exactly it. It's the analysis piece of data finding and strategy that it can do. Like you don't have to go dig through 5,000 and, you know, spend hours doing that. You can skip that and do it in five minutes or two minutes. And now you can move on to what does that now, what content are you going to create? You can go to the higher level thinking of now, what do I do about this versus like trying to gather what you should even start with. And I think a lot of the reason on this, and I, I don't know if we're wrapping up or whatever, yeah. but let me just... Right. No, I guess we're please. Just talking I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I think the world is just grossly inept when it comes to their tech stack of things that regular people know. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the reason that you thought it would do that, Jeff, is because people think in Excel spreadsheets, not data labeling, mm -hmm. right, and right. structured data. So yeah. because they never really thought of a realm of stuff, it's just fancy programming that ChatGBT is doing. Yeah. Right. Nothing that you said about that is actually brand new. Yeah. It's basically just being a Siri wrap just, around crap that exists. It's just easily Correct. accessible for those Correct. who are not techie right. to get great results. Yeah, it's just mm -hmm. natural language. It's and just you can speak to it like you're speaking to a person. That right. is the genius of it. And, and by the great. way, that is the perfect way to end because that is the genius of ChatGPT. I think that's why it's captured the world by storm is because of its simplicity. Yeah. My dad, I'm going to end with a funny story. My dad keeps seeing me post about AI on my Facebook, okay? This is the most non-techie guy you've ever met. He is a pastor at a church, all go. right? A small church with less than 50 members. Mm -hmm. And I told him, he goes, what is this AI thing? And I sent him the link to the chat, like the direct link to the chat. He's like, what do I do? I said, just log in and start talking to it. He messages me the next day, he says, yo, you got a sec? He calls me and he's blown away. He says, Jeff, it knows the Bible. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, he write goes, a sermon. Sure does. There you go. Eric's already ahead of the game. He told me that today, today is the very first day, this Sunday, is his very first AI written sermon. And he says it was so good, better than he could have written himself. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all documented. Yeah. And this is the power, guys. This is what I think yeah. is great about ChatGPT, hate it or not. Yeah. Somebody as simple as my dad, who's never, he's just not a computer guy can literally get a sermon written and he's so happy. So guys, awesome. the world is your oyster here. Use it as a tool. Um, and also I think Eric and Brian both had great points that 
this is not going to take your job. All right. <laughs> this is a great opportunity for you to understand that it still is going to lack in creativity. I think we all agree here on this panel yeah, you bet. that creativity is how you win the world of AI. All day Amen. Brian, Eric, thanks for joining me. Yeah. And Pleasure. Stay tuned, everybody, for the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Head into your local Safeway for great spring savings throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get yellow peaches or nectarines for the member price of $1.88 per pound. Also this week at Safeway, value packs of Signature Farms chicken drumsticks, thighs, leg quarters, or picnic packs are buy one, get one free. Plus, get value packs of USDA Choice Boneless Beef Top Sirloin Steak for the member price of $4.99 per pound. Visit Safeway.com, download the Safeway for You app, or head in store to find more great deals at Safeway.